0: Amen. Again, it's great to have all of you at the beginning of this year. And as I thought about this year and where we as a church family might start together in scripture, one of the passages that came to me realizing that for all of the difficulty that took place in 2020 and and most of us in turning uh, the calendar from one year to the next, greet each other with a, a positive greeting of wishing all of the best and expressing the desire for a happy new year, We know that so much of what we've gone through is still with us, and will still be with us for a time, and so much remains unclear and uncertain about what a month from now might look like, what three months from now might look like, or what possibly January next year could be, and all that could transpire. If we've learned anything, we've learned just to not assume much, uh, that things can be very different in a short period of time. And a passage of scripture that for me uh, is about trusting God day by day and moment by moment is Psalm 23. We think of it, and partly it came to my mind because it was read by Brad at the end of a funeral service uh, that he and I officiated together, and most often we hear it as a a psalm uh, as a giving comfort when someone we love is gone. But when you hear the psalm and unpack it in its detail, you realize this is not a psalm for those who've gone on. This is a psalm for us who are alive. This is the truth that we need to build up our own faith and confidence that God is walking through us in all of life's circumstances. And so we're going to go through Psalm 23 here at the beginning of the year. We'll take it one verse at a time, and it's six verses, and so we'll be in Psalm 23. Uh, for the first six weeks of the year as a family. Hopefully that makes it easy to memorize the psalm. Just take one verse a week and commit it to memory, and by the end you'd have the whole thing memorized as a family. Uh, But we also found uh, a kid's video um, that's part of our Sunday school curriculum on this psalm. So we're going to start with uh, the gospel project on David's psalm.
1: David loved God with all his heart, and he wrote many of the psalms in the Bible. Before David was a king, he was a shepherd. He fought off lions and bears to protect the sheep. When David thought about God, he realized that God is like a shepherd. This is a psalm that David wrote about God. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He gives me strength. And he leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I do not fear danger for you are with me, your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will be with me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. God's love, protection, and guidance for his people to that provided by a shepherd for his sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. He laid down his life to save people from sin. Because of Jesus, We have a hope that one day we will live with God forever.
0: And So I invite you now to either grab a Bible in the pew in front of you or pull out your phone or if you're at home to grab a Bible that's hopefully next to you as we'll read Psalm 23 together. I'll read it and you'll follow along together. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And that concludes the psalm. And so today we're focusing on the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that was... Uh, It is a verse that for me stands out as truly a test of faith to say, can I now on January 3rd, 2021, say that with integrity? Because the Lord is my shepherd, I believe I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm not found wanting. I shall not want. In my mind, there's a lot of things I can think of that, no, I wish this was different, I wish this was different. Um, uh, I see lack here, I see people struggling here. There's almost a, uh, there is a struggle and almost insensitivity in reading this verse to say, "Let's, let's all consider this together and in this moment promise, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But this psalm, is exactly what we need in the moment when we are struggling and we aren't sure exactly how everything is going to turn out. Uh, if we imagine that sort of David is sitting at a Thanksgiving table and there's just an abundance of food and more than he could ever possibly eat, and that's when he looks down and says, "Ha ha! the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, like I'm satisfied. We're not uh, imagining the proper image that uh, we should be picturing with David. It's not when he's sitting at the table where there's just a spread of food that he's sitting back and saying, I know this to be true. Uh, As the psalm goes on, we realize David knows there's difficult days ahead. And it's not when everything looks like it's going the way it should that he needs to hold on to the faith that God is gonna provide for him. And at the end, he tells us where he's hoping to ultimately be, that he wants to be dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. And he's longing for that, but he's not waiting until he gets there to start worshiping God. He isn't exactly where he wants to be. Everything is not going great and perfect in David's life. There are things he's hoping for, but he's committed to trusting God and by trusting him to worship him while he goes through whatever he's going to go through to get there. And so from the beginning to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And at the beginning of the year, we often take the time to go through our statement of what it means to love God and to care for others and to communicate his word. And so as I shared with Justin that we'd be talking about worship and what it means to love God, as we look at Psalm 23, then he, he chose the songs expressing our need to get back to the heart of worship, to long for more of him because that's what David is expressing. That's what he's longing for. He knows that God is his shepherd, that God is going to look after him. <clears throat> and the thing that he wants the most is to be in his house singing his praises forever. And he, he desires that. So one of the challenges of Psalm 23 as we read through it is not to say or to consider that, well, David trusts in God because he believes God's gonna give him everything he wants, kind of like a genie in the bottle. Like, oh, I can just ask for whatever I wish and God's gonna give it all to me and so I need to worship. As much as David's expressing his own heart is for God himself. And he believes that if God is all he has, that he has everything he needs. That's a much more challenging uh, to our own journey of faith to say, "Am I thankful and worshipful to God when I have everything I want, and then I just say thank you?" Or do I trust Him enough that when, in the moment that I feel like God, you're the only thing I've got, that I could say, "I believe I have all that I'll ever need. That if He's with me, I won't be found lacking. I won't be found wanting." And so there's three things I'd like to highlight that uh, will be themes, not just for today, but then for the next several weeks, is that when we come to this psalm, uh, a few of the images that should come to our mind, the first one are royal celebrations. See, when I think of Psalm 23, I pretty quickly go to, like, uh, a nursery set up for a young baby, and like, oh, there's sheep on the walls, and there's blankets that maybe say, you know, some... uh, Uh, part of the psalm is a comforting psalm and I just think of a very comfortable scene and I think of the psalm as sort of a very devotional personal expression but it is much more of a royal celebration that it's not just for the people of Israel but for Egypt for Assyria for Babylon many of them would have referred to the God that they worshiped as the shepherd over them as people and then when they're a new king would come to power and they would have sort of a ceremony celebrating the new king, they might describe the king who's come to power as now the shepherd over the people. And David is described that way in Psalm, I believe it's 70, towards the end it says that God took David from being a shepherd over animals to come and shepherd his people. So people would have referred to even King David and said, you are now the shepherd over the flock of Israel. And so David, in recognizing that, that that would have been a way to sort of show honor to royalty, to refer to them in this way, David, as now the royal one, the leader of Israel, is saying, everyone, the Lord is my shepherd. There's a king over this king. There's a shepherd over this shepherd. He might now be responsible for the nation." But he knows that even with all of his power, even with the command of the army, that he's ultimately still dependent upon God. And so as people would be celebrating uh, the fact that they now have a king, uh, David is pointing all of them to say, don't ultimately put your trust in me as the one who's gonna know everything and know how to do everything, but that he as the leader is gonna remind all of them who the ultimate king is. And that it is the Lord who is really the shepherd. All of us are under his flock. And all of us need him to guide us and to lead us. That we're all under his grace. And so then the psalm as it unfolds talks about the provision that God makes, the protection that he offers, the guidance that he gives as our ultimate shepherd. But David is... Writing this to be then sung by the people of Israel as a reminder that even the greatest of kings, with whatever power they have, always serve under the greatest king. And our eyes are always ultimately supposed to be focused on God first and foremost. Our trust is always to be on Him as the ultimate provider. It's hard to see that sometimes. We feel most directly the things that are done around us, and we notice the people that are around us. And so to see past that and recognize there's someone else behind this, there's something else that's guiding all of this. It's not just up to you and me. All of us are under this shepherd. It's something that we need to remind ourselves of. Um, I had an interesting experience last night. Uh, After our Saturday evening service, I came home and, Uh, then the boys wanted to watch something and we've consistently been watching something that the two oldest are interested in and our youngest just it puts them to sleep perfectly and so it's worked out fairly well like let's put this on at bedtime and David's out to sleep and the other two get to watch something and then we all go to bed and so David was asleep and the other two were uh, awake and they were going through bedtime snack and I gave them something and they're like I'm still hungry and so I was like okay there's one christmas cookie left from like all the cookies that mommy made and it actually had no icing on it and so i was like okay this is pretty innocent i'm gonna break this up and i'm gonna give you each half of a cookie and so i offered it to them and they protested they said no i said what they said break it in thirds so what do you mean break it in thirds they said we want david to have some it's like you do So he's asleep. Like, he's not gonna know. Like, we'll give him something else tomorrow. And they're like, no, break it into thirds. I was like, wow. I was like, I don't feel like doing math right now to figure out how to break up this cookie. And like, breaking into half is a lot easier than breaking up a cookie into thirds. But I broke it up into thirds, uh, clumsily. But then I realized, I don't know how I'm ever gonna explain this to David, that they did this for him. Like, this is a grace that... Uh, You know, before when we're kind of instilling, hey, everyone has to have the same and they're just obeying mom and dad's rules. But this is, I was saying, no, 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 you're allowed to. Don't worry about it. And they resisted and said, we want our brother to have this. And it all happened while he's sleeping. And he's gonna be up today and he's gonna have it. And he's not gonna understand that there was something else behind this. This isn't even just mom made this for you. This isn't even just dad. This is like the ones who usually pick on you a lot and we usually have to break things up like spontaneously had grace to say, we want you to have this too. And I just recognize the limitations that there will be to explain that to him in this moment. But it's a beautiful thing. And I think God does stuff for us all the time that we don't see that are truly just acts of grace. That for as many frustrations as we might have about how life goes, we don't, any of us know all the things that we've been spared from that could have gone totally differently. And God knows those things. And he works behind the scenes often or through other people to bless our lives, to protect us, to keep us. And so we need at times to then help each other remember, wait a minute, there's more... than than what you see. There's more going on. And David is saying, it's the Lord who's our shepherd. It's not, I know everything I need to know and we're gonna all be okay. It's we all need God to be our ultimate guide and protector. Because if he's not protecting us, we don't have much chance when we go into battle. We don't have much chance when we go through the valley and we see enemies all around us. David knows that. And so uh, this psalm could very much be paired with the psalm next to it, which is another royal psalm where it says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell in it, for he's founded it upon the seas and established it upon the heavens. And eventually it goes, uh, who is this king of glory that rules the earth? And in Psalm 24, we're more quickly to say, oh, this is a royal psalm. This is saying, who's the king of glory? So is Psalm 23. David is reminding everyone, The king of glory is our shepherd. He's taking care of us as his flock, and we need to remember that. The second thing beyond royal celebrations that should come into our mind are harsh realities. Uh, Another uh, limitation of, of ours by just being here now in Northeast Ohio is if we think of sheep, we can pretty quickly start imagining a rural scene in Ohio or in the greater Midwest where you pretty much just put up a fence, but most of the ground is pretty lush. And so the source of food and water is pretty evident to see. Whereas in the ancient Near East, to be a shepherd meant to be a shepherd in the desert. And so this was taking care of animals in the conditions much more similar to Arizona or the majority of California of how am I going to keep all of these animals alive when like the drought season is a lot longer than the rainy season where there's just not automatically food or water everywhere you get. There might be in certain seasons, but for the majority of time, it is a shepherd on the move with the sheep, trying to keep them alive. And dealing with temperatures that can go well over 100, and then on a clear night also dip really, really cold. And the responsibility to care for a flock in harsh conditions is what David is familiar with. That was his responsibility as a shepherd. And this psalm acknowledges those things. It recognizes that there will be dark valleys that we all have to go through that could cause us fear. It recognizes that there would be enemies around us. And so to be a shepherd, as David knew from his upbringing, was how do I also protect these sheep from other wild animals that want to come and use what I'm taking care of as lunch? And so to be a shepherd out in the wilderness in harsh conditions with really big animals that want to eat your flock is a really difficult and daunting task. It's not this sort of uh, drive through down 585 into Worcester and you just kind of find your happy place because everything just looks sort of so peaceful and serene. This is much harsher. And uh, just the opportunity that we had to be in Israel and driving now on plenty of modern roads and freeways, but on some of them, as you're driving, you can look out in the distance and still see a shepherd with a group of sheep and be like, I don't want to be that person. Like, they're exposed to all of the elements. We're protected from most of them, but their life is fairly nomadic and uh, fairly dangerous. It's not an easy task. And as we look into the new year, We don't know all that 2021 will bring, but we can, at least as it begins, know that there are just as many challenges ahead as we've experienced in the past. That in now, these past 10 months that we've all been dealing with a pandemic in this globe, December was actually the worst recorded month by every measurement of loss of life, of spread of cases, of limited availability of ICU beds and hospitals, Uh, so that as we're getting into it, there's no sense yet that we're turning a corner, which is part of the weariness that then so many people are experiencing. And so we know we're in a harsh environment. Resources are limited. And so, hey, where are you finding water to refresh yourself? How are you finding ways to get a good rest so that you can face the next day? But when you're a shepherd out in the desert, I mean, that's what you're, you're not as able to think about what six months are gonna do. You have the sense that if I mess up the next 48 hours, we might lose the whole flock. Like this is, we're in harsh realities here. So we have to think about how to move and preserve day by day. And our walk of faith is always that. When Jesus taught his disciples the Lord's prayer and he told them to pray, this day for your daily bread he was showing them at least the reality that we have to pray for these things daily that we can't pray right now and say god i'm just going to pray for the first six months of the year and i'm just going to try to cover every scenario i can think of and then say i don't need to pray tomorrow i don't need to pray next week like no i prayed i covered the first six months no that's not how a life of faith works It's a relationship with a person. And so we communicate with him today and we communicate with him tomorrow and we communicate. And if we go six months without talking, we don't feel it. We're we're like, am I in a relationship or am I not? Because I don't know what's going on. And David, as he talks about God being our shepherd, is fully aware of all of the harsh realities that shepherds had to preserve their flock through and the need for us as sheep to be dependent on the shepherd. Some animals have an innate, profound sense of memory. We watched one documentary uh, at home on Disney Plus about elephants and how they can like track in drought season the same pattern every year of where they got water from the last time. And it's this amazing thing that you don't see anyone controlling them or corralling them, but they just know where they need to go. Sheep aren't like that they don't remember where they got their water from two months ago. So they don't go unless a shepherd takes them. They need someone who's caring for and watching out and helping them get to where they go. And we're a forgetful people. We're smarter than sheep. But we can be pretty forgetful. We can get so overwhelmed by the harsh circumstances that we miss the most basic and foundational things of making sure we're getting good rest, making sure we're moving and making sure our bodies are staying active and all the things that just help preserve our spiritual, emotional, physical, mental health. When things get really bad, we can tense up and then lose sight of all those things. And we need a kind and caring shepherd to come along and say, let me help lead you back to the things that you should know to find refreshment for your soul and so we can look ahead at the year, and though we know that there will be harsh realities as a part of it, we don't know when they'll come. We don't know exactly how they'll be. We can trust that God is not surprised by any of them. That's exactly why he signed up to be the shepherd, because he knows that, and he knows we need him. And then the last thing uh, for us to consider in this is just the humble beginnings from which it comes. So it was common for, in ancient times, people, uh, gods to be referred to as shepherds or kings to be referred to as shepherd but it's a pretty unique thing that David was a shepherd before he became a king because though shepherding was used as a metaphor to give honor most people didn't want to be shepherds it wasn't a glamorous job it wasn't anything you could do part-time you never could have stayed at home and done it via zoom like this was you had to be there in person and most people could probably just smell that you were a shepherd like oh you're in the elements you're with the animals and when David is actually doing this job as a young man Jesse comes because God had sent him there to anoint the new king and when Israel first had their chance to pick Saul everyone was like of course Saul I mean he's strong he's beautiful this is what we need as a king and then when they realize okay wait that's not working out really well we need a different king Even when Samuel went to Jesse's house, Samuel looked at the oldest sibling and said, clearly this is who God wants us to have. And God had to say, no, no, no. Don't don't look on the outside again. Don't do exactly what the people did with Saul. God's looking at the heart. And so keep looking. And they go through all the sons and they're like, oh, none of these. And then he says, is there anyone left? Well, yeah, there's David, but he's, he's out with the animals. And, and so Samuel says, bring him," And he comes, and then they say, this is who it's going to be. From very, very humble beginnings of being the younger sibling, so many brothers passed over, and then the one doing the very menial task, he's then made a king. So that when we read this psalm, we're reading it from the sort of inside perspective of someone who knows what shepherding actually required. And so he can describe it well in a way that has made this a poem and a song that's been recited for generation after generation after generation. And so while David was doing this task that made other people kind of look over and say, there's not much of a future. Like when you kind of get put into this lane, you stay in that lane for the rest of your life. In an act of grace, God says, because you know how to do that well, I want you to come and shepherd my people. You know about the harsh realities. You know that you're not strong enough for every lion and bear that comes this way. You know what it's like to be dirty. You know what it's like to be vulnerable at night. And it's in those humble beginnings that God lifts him up to then become the king of Israel, to then write this psalm for us. And David borrows this, then, metaphor of his early life to describe what it's like to trust God in every circumstance. And so as we go through it slowly to consider what it means for us to trust that the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want, what does it mean that he'll provide for us still waters and green pastures? How will we know if he's leading us on the right path for his name's sake? How can we know he'll really protect us when we go through the valleys of the shadow of death? Uh, we're gonna get this sort of insider perspective of someone who had very, very humble beginnings who will say, if you're willing to listen, I'm gonna tell you how. But in the beginning and the end, what I wanna tell you is that God is worthy of your trust. That you do need to place your ultimately your faith and your hope in him. But if you only learn about all the things he can do and say he's the Lord, you're gonna miss something. But when you can say that you are the Lord who is my shepherd, you'll feel yourself growing in a sense of safety and security in the midst of the harsh realities that are around us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your... Word, and we thank you for your servant who would take the time to write out a song and a prayer that we could consider thousands of years later and be challenged to consider how much we trust you to be our guide in all of life's circumstances. That you are fully aware of all of the harsh realities that are around us. And you know where there are green pastures and still waters for us to be nourished and refreshed. And you know how to bring us ultimately safely into your home to worship you forever. And so we, we pray that you would help us to have that kind of faith in you, that trusts that in your greatness and grandeur, you know what you're doing. We can rely upon you even when it feels like there are so many other things around us that we can't rely on. We thank you for loving us with your strength and your tenderness. And so we worship you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.